Hey there, Patty here. I wanted to let you know we are in a short hibernation period in the Space for Magic podcast. What does that mean? It means that we're not producing new episodes at the moment, and we are going to serve you up our favorite pre-recorded episodes while we take this pause. This pause is here to give me a space to understand where the podcast is going in the future. We will be back in 2023. And for now, enjoy this episode. Your role as a helper isn't to save someone, but it is to remove circumstances when your resources allow that gives someone the ability to rise up within their own power, that's really where that beautiful alignment comes from. Welcome to the Space for Magic podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to receiving all the gifts the universe has for us. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive coach. Using a blend of common sense, brain science, and just a dash of magic, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Space for Magic podcast. I'm your host, Patty Lennon, and today we are going to talk about law of attraction and specifically where law of attraction goes wrong and probably more accurately, where law of attraction teachings go wrong. So if you have uh, read my book, Make Space for Magic, you know that I am really specific about how toxic some of the law of attraction teachings that are out there have gotten and essentially that they're harmful at this point. They, you know, I found this on my own journey and I see this with uh, people that take the receiving school and the mag and are in the membership, the magic lounge all the time. We have digested a body of work that was meant to help us and somewhere it came off the rails. And so I want to talk about that because with the recent tragedies that have happened over the last couple of months and the difficult experiences that we've been having, especially in the community, I'm seeing a lot of conversation in politics, in the divisiveness, in conversations, in the ability of people to just get along, really. And um, the question that keeps coming up over and over and over again is some version of, if this negative thing is happening to me, did I attract it? Or if, you know, there's a tragedy going on or something really difficult that went on, certainly one that involves violence, like the shootings that have happened, did those people attract it, right? And this to me is at the heart of messaging that we've absorbed that is just so it's really cruel, quite honestly. And it really takes us off the path of what I believe any spiritual teaching should help us with, which is to, you know, become more connected. Now, if you have not read my book yet, Make Space for Magic, I would recommend you check it out. You can go to pattyland.com forward slash make space for magic, and you will see the link that takes you to all the 
major retailers and where they're selling it. Because my guess is if you're on this path and you've absorbed some of the law of attraction teaching that I've absorbed, you may be in the similar place where you wonder if you're making your life not optimal because of some of the choices you're making. What I don't dive into as much in the book, which is why I want to talk about it here is you know, when we see something out there that concerns us, when there's poverty, when there's drought, when there's children who are not able to eat before they go to bed, when there's parents who aren't able to care for their children the way they'd want to, when there is inequity in the world, does law of attraction give us permission to turn our heads and say, well, then they attracted it. And I can tell you that my answer, and again, this is just my opinion based on what I've absorbed. It is also based on you know, how I know we are physiologically built and how our brains work. And also you know, conversations I've had with my own spirit team to get clear about what is true, what isn't true. So just take that for what it's worth with all those caveats. Because again, to me, this is also a conversation about faith. It's, there's no proof of one thing or another, except for the proof that's claimed by some of the law of attraction teachers that really quite honestly comes from a very white, privileged position. So if this is a question that you've considered, which is, you know, when something, when there's just systems of inequity, do we get to look away because law of attraction gives us that permission? And I really do believe a lot of the law of attraction teachers out there do convey some level that that's the case. And that's deeply concerning because when I came onto the spiritual path, you know, if you're new to me, I was a type A for, for years. I was also a white conservative Republican and Catholic. And so, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even really explore these ideas until my late twenties and really started to open up to my own gifts where I could have conversations with my own spirit team in my mid thirties. Right. And so I came onto this path somewhat late and, um, at first it really excited me It excited me to think how much power and control I had in my life to make a difference using the law of attraction and the law of attraction states that you know we attract what we vibrate essentially well when you look to another person and you see them suffering or you see them in a system of inequity and you decide oh well they attracted that if they wanted something different they could attract something better And that's really, you know, that's their power that's within them. So I don't need to concern myself with it. That's really, really fundamentally flawed. And here's why. The law of attraction does state that we attract what we vibrate. However, we also come to this planet, I believe, with a desire to be in community interrelational beings in relationship to others. And if that's the case, would this law that exists in the world really free us from having to concern ourselves with any other person's difficulties? And I just don't think it does for a lot of reasons. So I'm just going to start with the most 
to direct to the law of attraction teachings, what I would say. So if you are a law of attraction absolutist, you believe, nope, this is the case. This is the case. Here's where I would speak into that. The law of attraction and our ability to sort of increase our vibration with our thoughts and the choices we make is only possible when we are out of a fight or flight mode in our brain. So when you think about having, you know, thoughts that raise your vibration, if you are trapped in a level of fear or doubt or worry, it is just ridiculously hard to get your brain into that other space. And if you've ever been in that space where you just feel like the walls are closing in on you, or for me, it's with my kids. As soon as I see them in a compromised position, you know, my fight or flight kicks in. It takes a lot of work to get myself out of that space. And I come to the table with a lot of resources. You know, financially, we're secure. I am a white cis woman, so I have a lot of the privileges that exist in our society. My kids are healthy. I have a partner that is a true partner and is in it with me and shares the responsibility. So even with all of that, if I see my kids potentially about to suffer, it freaks me out, right? So now take all of those advantages off the table and you look you know, at another group of people or a person, if they cannot get out of fight or flight, it is virtually impossible for them to essentially use law of attraction in its like most absolute way, which I don't even agree with anyway. And I'll get to that in a second. And it has to do with what our souls choose versus what our minds choose, right? So here's where I take it. Isn't it our responsibility then to help each other get out of that fight or flight, that survival mode? Because don't we all want us all to evolve? If we are living in a society where others are suffering and we have the ability to help relieve that suffering, how could that not be part of a system of spiritual laws that benefit us. And so when someone experiences something really difficult, pointing the finger and saying, oh, you know, well, they must have attracted that, it discounts the power we have to help them. And then I'll shift to maybe they did incarnate in that difficult situation or create that difficult situation for a reason we don't necessarily understand. And what if the reason that they are willing to endure that situation is to create opportunity for us to rise up within our own power, within our own privilege and become helpers and all learn how when we help each other rise, we all rise and we all benefit from that. So that's you know where I'd speak into just that if you really are you know an absolutist and you're like no law of attraction is that that we attract what we everything we have and and we have total power of that then I would say you, it's time to examine 
where responsibility is in helping everyone else, and maybe not the whole world, but people that you can help get out of survival mode so that they can also then use the law to its fullest potential. Because the reality is the law exists, yes. And when you understand how it works, you really can do thought work and you really can take actions. I know I talk about this in the book, the actions I took to get out of, you know, over six figures in debt and and create the marriage and the family that I have. Yes. And I also did it with bringing a lot of privilege to the table. And so then when I can use that privilege to help others get out of a flight or flight or survival mode, you know, I feel fulfilled. I can feel my vibration rising, which tells me even when you're committed to a singular focus of law of attraction and vibration orientation, finding a way to help others raises up your vibration and also raises up the vibration of the planet, which just makes it easier to have good stuff happen, right? Now, let me just now switch gears a little bit and say why I think the way law of attraction is taught is often toxic. And this is where I do get what I do go into in the book, Make Space for Magic, is that it's often taught that, you know, if I visualize something, if I make a a vision board, which by the way, I get the most amount of hate, I would say, when I when I criticize vision boards. So let me just say, I'm not criticizing vision boards. If they work for you, they work for you. They just don't work for everyone. But even if you've got a vision board and the visualizations and they're acting as if, and it's not coming into your life, there could be some receiving blocks that you have in place. That's what I talk about in the book. That's what I talk about here, right? However, there's another answer also, which is that although you may be reaching for this, it's possible it's your ego that's reaching for it and not your soul. And where I don't think this particular piece of law of attraction is discussed very much in a lot of the teaching, because it tends to be a more materialistic, self-involved, ego-oriented body of work when it's taught, not the law itself, but the way it's taught. If something is not for your soul's highest good, it will not be delivered. It just won't. Or if it's delivered, it will be removed very quickly. You see this with examples of people having lottery winnings and then it's removed from their life. And law of attraction teachers have taught, oh, they weren't vibrating high enough to keep it. I don't actually think that's what's going on. I think they chose as a soul to have a certain experience with money and that experience is helping them in whatever way they have chosen to be helped with that experience. That is none of my business, none of my business, nor do I understand the mystery involved in their soul's path. And I've seen this Also, when people have brought this to sessions that we've done, private sessions, and they've asked their spirit team through me, you know, why something hasn't been fulfilled in the timeline that they've expected it to be fulfilled. And inevitably, the answer is there's something else they need to do first. There's a choice they need to make. There is a level of letting go and surrender that needs to happen before this thing that they're looking to manifest can show up. 
I will tell you, looking back on my own experiences with money, both being a banker and then having had all of that debt develop, I can see now a storyline that makes total sense to me. A storyline where I can teach about money in a way that many people can't because I have had such different experiences with it, both as a banker, having the ability to move money, right? And just seeing how easily money shifts and how it disappears and how it's created to having a real life tangible experiences of that. Then also to know I was doing quote unquote, most things right. I wasn't doing everything right when my debt created, but I was doing a lot of stuff the right way. And yet we still ended up in all this debt. And now that gives me a lot of compassion for people in debt and a lot of compassion where people feel powerless around money to teach into that in a way I could not have done without that experience. At the time though, when I had the debt and I was in so much fear and I was in so much overwhelm, I kept asking why, 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 why? And really what I needed was to let go of the blame, to let go of the shame, which I eventually did. And partly I did it because I was able to have very open conversations with my angels, but not everyone get has that gift, right? Not everyone has access to that gift at this moment. I also had friends that helped me feel like I could share my story with them and they held that space for me. I had family members that once we asked for help, helped us. And all of those things happened with the help of other beings. In some cases, it was the angels. In some cases, it was other humans. But I could not, I don't think, have released my amygdala from the hold of the fear without the help of those other humans. And so it's not that I think we need to go out and overwhelm ourselves by helping every single person we see. I think we need to clue in and really feel where are we being called into service and where might we need to help. Because what I find also is when that law of attraction is sort of thrown in the mix as the reason why we don't have to pay attention to someone else's pain, I think it's done from the place of really being afraid of other people's pain. And what law of attraction can help you do is actually to be present with other people's pain, to be present with other people's suffering and have compassion for them and be helpful without getting sucked down. And that's where it's been the greatest aid for me because although I was type A and although I was this white conservative Republican Catholic, in my heart of hearts, that context also made me really want to quote unquote save people. And that saving mentality is very different than helping and aiding and supporting. And where I think law of attraction really can help us when we're in that saving mentality is to free us from it, to understand that 
pulling someone up from where they are isn't our job. But giving them the freedom to rise up with the help of law of attraction can be our responsibility as good humans, right? And so instead of looking at crises around the world, suffering around the world, really put your hands over your heart. And you can do it right now, assuming you're not driving or needing your hands, but just put your hands out over your heart. And really, even if you can't use your hands right now, is just focus on your heart center and breathe into it. Really just call that oxygen down to the center of your heart. Breathing out. Breathing back in, calling that energy to the center of your heart. And ask your heart, where do you feel called to help? And now, as you identify where that is, stepping into that relationship without feeling like you're the only help that's available. And knowing that the law of attraction can aid in this experience of if you can help someone by inspiring them for what's possible for them and also helping with the conditions that are making them feel so fearful, all of the sudden you have this beautiful equation that really allows us to help each other and rise up without getting enmeshed with other people. And enmeshed means that you become their problem. You get into the problem with them, which isn't helpful, right? Because that just sucks your vibration down. That takes you out of a position of being a helper. I think in general, we as people are being polarized more and more. And I can see the law of attraction in its most toxic sense, giving us permission to look away from pain. And I don't think that's really where we're being called to as humanity right now. You know, technology and social media really puts a lot of problems in front of us on a regular basis. And I don't believe that it's in your best interest to keep paying attention to that because all of that social media, all that media primarily has the agenda of generating a amygdala response from you, right? If it bleeds, it leads. That's that's a common saying in media. And where social media is concerned, people are posting, they just want you to believe what they believe. So that's not where I think, I don't think being a responsible human means paying attention to media. I think there's enough information out there without paying attention to media to help you understand where you can uniquely help. And when you now take into context that your role as a helper isn't to save someone, but it is to remove circumstances when your resources allow that gives someone the ability to rise up within their own power, that's really where that beautiful alignment comes from. Now, I say this also knowing that even as I talk about this, I'm talking about it from a place where I have never really had the experiences that most people that suffer from the inequities of the United States for sure, but the world in general. And so maybe some of the stuff I'm saying isn't even accurate. Maybe some of it is privileged. I know that that's a possibility. And if you're hearing something that I'm saying and you feel that, please feel know that I am open to that discussion. You are welcome to share that with me. But 
what I am sharing today really comes from a lot of introspection on my part, a lot of getting it wrong for a very long time and figuring out my way back to a place that feels right and feels accurate and feels aligned. And, you know, before we wrap up, I just want to touch on the question of, did I attract this? So if you're turning the law of attraction on yourself and you're feeling like a circumstance in your life you've brought on and you're feeling some blame or shame about it and that maybe wondering, oh my gosh, what thought do I have to think? What thought do I have to think to get out of this? I really want to encourage you to turn that compassion on yourself and to understand that perhaps that circumstance is there that you didn't invite it in by doing something wrong, but rather it's there to be released. And it's actually the process of releasing it that is part of your soul's journey. Again, I'm referencing my debt. I spent so much time blaming myself for attracting it and not thinking positive thoughts enough, right? And it was actually shifting out of that positive thought mindset that freed me. It was when I really finally embraced and accepted that the debt really was real. I mean, as real as any money is. And I accepted that it was part of my life and I didn't keep shoving it away and shoving it away and shoving it away. That was what opened the door for me to release it. So when we stay in this resisted state where we're trying to think positive thoughts about something that is really hard, it is extremely difficult to release it. In fact, I would say it's almost impossible. And whether that is a health diagnosis or a financial issue or some other circumstance that I can't even wrap my head around, I can tell you that questioning whether you've attracted it when the thing you're talking about is causing you pain and suffering is not helpful. It's not helpful. And what you most need in that moment from a basic human level is compassion. And you probably need some support and community and other humans so you don't feel so alone in it. And from a brain science standpoint, I can tell you as long as you stay in relationship to that fear and that shame and that guilt, your amygdala stays in control. And while your amygdala is control, all the blood flow is going there. The part of your brain that actually can think those higher thoughts that make you feel better, that raise your vibration, actually that you stay in a complete locked situation with your amygdala that keeps you from having those higher vibing thoughts. So wherever you are on the spectrum right now with law of attraction, if you're, you know, if you've been wondering, is law of attraction even okay? Because that's a question that comes up in the magic lounge in my membership, you know, often is, you know, I really have a problem with law of attraction because it, you know, it tells people that they don't have to worry about other people and I don't like that. So if you've been wondering about that, I hope that this podcast episode has helped you. If you personally have been trying to avoid looking at other people's pain and suffering and tell yourself you don't have to because of the law of attraction, then I hope that this maybe opened your mind up to a different way of looking at it where you can still use the understanding of law of attraction. And when it's married with compassion, suddenly create solutions where maybe there wasn't one. And um, if you yourself are struggling with something and have been using the law of attraction against you, 
I really hope that this helped you understand maybe a different way to look at it. Because I can tell you, I have walked this journey of law of attraction and learning it, and I've stumbled a lot. And what I've shared today is the place I've gotten to that that gives me a sense of peace. It gives me the freedom to be a helper and also frees me from, you know, a lot of shame and guilt that I probably would still be holding if I didn't shift my perspective on it. And if shame and guilt and fear is present, whatever you're using to generate it is not helpful and it's not spiritual and it's not a law of the universe because it just can't be. Our universe, universal laws are based on love. And so if, if the law doesn't take us to love, we are not understanding the law properly. So I know I was a little preachy today. I was feeling strongly about this conversation has been happening a lot in my community and I felt it was important to share it here. And if you want to hear more about you know, how to shift that perspective on law of attraction, how to maybe work with difficult events in your life differently, then definitely get my book, Make Space for Magic. Go to pattylandcom forward slash make space for magic. And I know that it'll help you shift that perspective because that's what we're hearing from so many readers. And I'm so happy that (laughs) the many struggles I have had can serve you in a beautiful and helpful way. Send you my love. Remember, make space for magic. Hey, thanks for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this episode with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people and it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you have to say about what I've shared. I'm cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. And don't forget... Always create space for magic. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.